This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you to Gareth and the gang back again tomorrow, 6 to 9. Rory, good morning. Benjam. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Holmes. How are you? Woo! We have got a show today. Wow. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Don't speak too soon. Let's 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 deliver the show. Then let's say. <laughs> Such a negative person. I'm very excited. Uh, today we are speaking about white privilege. Yo. And not only white privilege. We're doing a, we're doing a series on a white whole privilege. Series, four shows. So all those Twitter people who just are over white privilege, then the next month is a writer <laughs> for you. You can forget about it. You don't have to tune in. Yeah. Uh, this is exciting. Why yeah. are we doing this? Well. Interesting times we live in, right? So every time we speak about anything in society these days, we hear this white privilege thing come up. So it would be interesting to figure out, being who we are, mm-hmm. to try and figure out, does this thing even exist? What is it? And if it exists, what does it look like? And why is it a problem? I mean, why is it a problem? So you've got white privilege, don't you? It's like a disease. Right? Nah, no, there's no white, white provision. No, no, no. You've got no, a no, disease. No, I'm not white You've privileged. got the disease. I, I was you born poor. You are diseased with white privilege. I was privilege. born poor. I feel like I need to get into an Eminem song <laughs> oh, here, you know. I should, am white. I was, should, I did, I did grow up in Rosebank. You. We should exercise I did go to a private school. Privilege. We should exercise <laughs> you of your white privilege. Hey, why don't we start like this? Here's, yeah. all, here's all I want from you today. Uh huh. This is it. This is all we got to do in this conversation. Okay. Just one, I have one simple goal. Yeah. I want you to admit. That there is such a thing as white privilege. I do feel as a white South African, no matter what my political um, beliefs, I need to be very careful to, you know, throw any stones because I certainly lived in a glass house for um, <laughs> for a while. White people set the system, so that's what privilege is: is that that white people set the system. I just want to say I'm not trying to say that if you're white, you can't complain. Right. I'm just saying that if you're black, you get to complain more. But I do condemn them for diminishing everything I've personally accomplished, all the hard work I've done in my life, and for ascribing all the fruit I reap not to the seeds I sow, but to some invisible patron saint of white maleness who places it out for me even before I arrive. The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You are carrying more of a burden as a black person in this country than a white person in this country. You cannot win an Emmy for roles that are simply not there. You can't take people's, like, historical context away from them. And right. Everybody wants us to. Like, white people are always like, come on, it wasn't us. Like, they want black people to forget everything. Like, every year, white people add a hundred years to how long ago slavery was. Yeah. I've heard educated white people say slavery was 400 years ago. No, it very wasn't. It was 140 years ago. That's two 70-year-old ladies living and dying back to back. <laughs> That's how recently <laughs> you could buy a guy. That's it. There you go. That's how we start this show. Yeah. Rory, why why is this thing so 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 now? I mean in November, people are about to go on holiday. Why people are going to plet? Why why are we not why are we excited about this right now? It's an interesting time in our country and I think the, the, the the thing is, we we passed the political freedom, right? So we we had an era where we were we were dealing with uh, essentially giving black people political freedom, and then there were those freedoms like human right freedoms, right? That that have been transferred. Then we got to this messy one, which is economic freedoms, and this has caused 
a big mess because now all of a sudden, you know, you can give away, oh, okay, you want to vote? It doesn't mean you're taking my vote away. You can have a vote. You're not taking mine away, right? Okay, cool. You want human rights? Okay, cool. As long as I'm keeping mine. Then we get to this thing called economic freedom where we live in a society where economic resources are finite and we need to find a way of of elevating the mass the the, 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 the mass of the population. And we have finite resources, so it means we now have to figure out how to ration and share and all of that, and that becomes messy. So society is now at this point where we're speaking about dealing with the economic inequalities in this country, and ultimately that then moves us to having a discussion around the structure of society. And then we look at the structure of society and we're like, geez, this society seems to just be skewed towards privileging white people. Mm. And so we have this conversation about white privilege. So I think what we're seeing is that as we keep having these conversations around, okay, let's deal with inequality, it comes back to, okay, why are we in unequal? In South Africa, we're unequal on, 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 on along racial lines, right? So it then starts the conversation of why are white people more, more equal than black people? And then it comes back to, oh, okay, why? Back to the past. And so we have this constant conversation. And I think most of us enter it, there are a few ways. When we were promoting the show, we had people who just like, oh, not this again. We not actually have again. one of them. We actually have one of them in studio. So yeah, he's going yeah. to help us understand why, why he feels like this is a dead topic, essentially. Uh, and then you have those that are very defensive. We're speaking about white privilege. We're not speaking about you. We're speaking about white privilege. And then you become super defensive. Mm. right? So, And then there are those that just say that they check out. I'm not going to participate and all of that. Um, so you've got all of these reactions that are really strong reactions to this whole topic. And we felt, let's, let's understand what's behind these reactions. Are they justified? Mm. Is this white privilege thing a thing? I think that's, that's the, the part that excites me is that we, we really talk about white privilege in an academic way. We're going to speak to Dr. Warren Chalkin. He's in uh, Texas at the moment. He's going to unpack uh, some things for us on white privilege. But really today, uh, our guests in the studio, uh, one of them being Tracy Lomax, Bradley Shaw, and Roman Kavanagh. I uh, got that, okay. Um, I really want them to talk about their own experiences, talk about personal experiences of when white privilege became apparent to them, or if it ever did. I mean, that's the question that a lot of Twitter haters have been posting to us, is there is no such thing as white privilege. There's privilege and not privilege, and it doesn't matter what color you have. So we'll get to that. Well, I think they have a point, right? But it's only half a point. <laughs> And, and, and that is, that is, yes, there is privilege, but then there is a specific type of privilege that's called white privilege, mm. right? So you have certain privileges specifically because you're white. And I, I, it was a while back, if you look at stats and, and, and what the stats in this, in this country say, a child born today, one white, one black, born today, right? So they were not there in apartheid, they had nothing to do with it and so on, they're born today. You know the differences in just life outlook between the black child and the white child, even today, purely because the one is black and the one is white. Mm. The chances that one is going to be born to unemployed, unemployed parents, parents who are not educated, and the implications that has on that particular child, simply because the child is black, not an apartheid, had nothing to do with it. The chances that this child is going to be born into a township where access to, to, to public services and so on... Not because he wasn't in apartheid, had nothing to do with it. Immediately disadvantaged. So this constant thing that, oh, I wasn't there, I had nothing to do with it, it's a fallacy. Because even today, children who are born today, we're not talking about me and you, Andrew. Children who are born today 
are already where already that that privilege comes into play, and where those two children end up in society is going to be determined exactly by the structure of the way society is today. Okay, well that's it. Let's get into this. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. You can also tweet us at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore L E V Y. Uh, we chat us at, at cliffcentral.com. We want to hear your thoughts. There's been a lot of discussions over the last uh, couple of days around white privilege and why we're doing this. And I think it's a conversation that is absolutely needed in South Africa. Uh, Dr. Warren Chelkin, he joins us from Texas, I believe. Good morning to you, Dr. Warren. Uh, I you sound like a politician. I there. think before Welcome that, we just need to correct. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to correct this. So, Dr. Warren, you are in Texas, but you're not American, right? Uh, no, I'm not American. I grew up in Joburg. I just uh, uh, finished just, up my education here in, in the United States. Just before um, we have people saying we're bringing imperialist tendencies into the into the studio. So you you did a whole. Am I right in saying you did a, a, a thesis on on privilege and specifically white privilege, or was that just made up in my head? Well, I did my my thesis on leadership tackling racism in school, and so one of the components that I spoke about was white privilege in South African society as a whole, and then in school in particular. What did you, Dr. Warren, what, what, was you, what were your major findings around uh, white privilege and the impact it has, uh, at least on education? Yeah, well, first I want to just acknowledge that as a white person speaking about white privilege, uh, I have to st- begin with that probably one of the biggest pieces of white privilege is that when you're a white person and you finish talking about white privilege, you still operate from white privilege, you still have mm. the advantages. So mm. talking about mm. white privilege doesn't abdicate me from racism. It doesn't abdicate me from actually enjoying the benefits, the unearned advantages that Peggy McIntosh would say. Mm. Um, so I want to start off the conversation humbly saying that, that when I leave my office and go wherever I go, my whiteness and is a passport. It, it gives me advantages in our society. So my findings, I found three things. The first thing I found was that the response from white South Africans, uh, two broad things. Firstly, white privilege works differently for different white people. It's not the same, okay? So, for example, uh, in urban communities, uh, I grew up in Johannesburg, and so being a white male, my white privilege operates differently to my mother, who's a white female, right? Uh, A simple example is I would never, my place where I live would never be referred to as quote-unquote, in the middle of nowhere, right? Whereas black South Africans, Indian South Africans, colored South Africans, and people of color in South Africa who live elsewhere, you would find people calling their places, for example, in the middle of nowhere, okay? Mm. Um, and then you have someone who lives in a, in a community in Bloemfontein, in the Karoo, Cape Town, who happens to be white. They may be said that they live, quote-unquote, in the middle of nowhere, but yet they still enjoy other white privileges, for example, being seen as an expert without opening their mouths, for example, or living or sleeping on the floor um, as a matter of entertainment, for example, camping, not as a matter of everyday life, which is the reality of South Africans of color all over our country. Um, Dr. Warren, we also share, so, yeah. so, so you're giving all of these examples. The, the question, somebody's yeah. listening there, yeah, but it's not my fault. 
right? The fact that I've got this, mm. not my fault. So what do you want me to do about it? So we're sitting here, yeah. we're talking about privilege. Why you why you keep doing this? It's not, I, got, I can't do anything about it. Absolutely. So the second major finding I found was that the way white um, South Africans in particular respond to white privilege is they have three major responses. They deny, diminish, or deflect racism. In my article, um, White Privilege and the Road to Building a United South Africa, I speak about how white South Africans respond to white privilege by, because it's a norm, because it's considered a norm to them, and it's the lens through which they see the world, and it's the lens through which we see the world, it's considered normalized, right? So, for example, in the Road Must Fall movement, you find that black South Africans, black students come forward and say that they're upset about the presence of the road statue. The first response from the white establishment, from UCT, is to deny that experience, right? The black students continue pushing. The next thing they, the UCT campus does is diminish that experience. In other words, it's not so bad. Why are you talking about race? We should move on from the past. Why are you playing the race card? Why are you trying to make me feel guilty? These are, these are, these are statements that we'll hear on and on again, which diminish the experience of black South Africans, the people of color. And then finally, once the facts are put on the table, then you will find deflection. You find people saying things like, oh, but we should rather be focusing on other issues. In other words, deflecting from the main issue of white privilege. So what you find is that people of color are able to really understand white privilege. In other words, earlier on, Rory you spoke about, you know, the black child and a white child and how they grow up differently in their perspectives. That's an example of a person of color understanding white privilege. But when it's your norm, when it's how you grow up, it's very difficult for you to see it in the same way that women can point out male privilege, in the same way that um, LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual people can point out heterosexual privilege. Um, It's very difficult for those people in those dominant groups, those powerful groups, to see their own privilege because... It's their norm. It's, it's their everyday life. Dr. Warren, speaking about this blindness to, to white privilege, what do you then uh, say to people who who show this blindness? Um, who will say to you, "But I worked hard for. I worked hard for everything. I, you know, it's not like I, nothing was given to me on a silver platter. I still had to go to school. I worked hard for my privileges. So, what are you saying when you're saying I've got white privilege?" What I'm saying when you have white privilege is that essentially in South Africa we have a conversation where uh, in order for us to come together we need to understand that we have different realities. When someone says they, they work hard and everything they earn is their own, that's a very minimalistic look. I mean, that's a short view of history. We really need to look at ourselves in context. We didn't just pop out of the sky. We're an accumulation of experiences. We're an accumulation of wealth. And we're an accumulation of different contexts. So when someone says to me, for example, one of the white privileges is a simple thing like two generations ago in South Africa, white families had the opportunity to see the inside of a hospital, the inside of a public building, the inside of a a, um, home affairs, for example. In many cases in South Africa, people of color still have not seen the inside of a hospital, for example. So... Advantages are not just economic, they're also social advantages. Um, and in many ways, when we talk about South Africa, um, another example, if I may, when you talk about a white South African, they live within five, six kilometers of a Model C school or a private school, right? Compared to a, a person of color 
who travels at least 30 to 40 minutes to get to their nearest Model C school, right? And so when someone says to me that I work for everything that I, that I earn, I would say, yes, part of that is true. In exactly the same way that I, I say to people, yes, just because you have white privilege doesn't mean that you're racist. But what it does mean is that you're, you have to acknowledge that your whiteness gives you these advantages, that not everything is about you personally, but it's about the accumulated and unearned advantages that you've had over time that have got you to where you are. Mm-hmm. I myself um, received my education. Had I been a black South African or a person of color, the, the chances statistically, factually, of me being where I am are very, very slim. So although I work hard as an individual, I've had a whole lot of unearned advantages that have accumulated to push me to where I am today. Dr. Chalkin, let me just step in here. Uh, we, we're running uh, short on time and the people in studio are chomping at the bit to to deny, diminish or defend their white privileges here, um, or at least some of them. Uh, but just very quickly, uh, a, a white person who is poor listens into the show and says, but I'm poor. That's my reality. Like, I didn't get all those benefits from the Model C five-minute walk that you're talking about, the northern suburbs in Johannesburg feel, um, the the, the, the tree-laid roads. I live in... Jeez, I don't even start naming suburbs now because then I'll I'll be called a suburbist. But... um, the idea of I'm poor, that is my reality, so I don't have these white privileges. What do you say to someone like that? Well, the classic example is the, roads and, uh, the season of fall movement, right? So black students are being shut up by the police, so they ask white students to surround them, to protect them, right? And so you find police in that moment shooting at groups of black students, but not shooting into groups of white students. Now, students are obviously fighting for because they're in debt, because they're part of the poorest communities, you know, in terms of work, none of them work. But whether they worked, whether they didn't work, there was still a group of white students in which their white privilege operated for them, regardless of their class, regardless of their language, regardless of whether they were white South Africans or not. The fact that they were white and the fact that they were in a group meant that the police officers operating in that environment subconsciously or unconsciously or even consciously made a decision not to shoot um, at them for fear of hitting a group of white students that had no fear of hitting a group of black students. So it says something about the quote-unquote worth of black bodies compared to the quote-unquote worth of white bodies. And when you mix class and race and all these things in, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. What mattered was that they were white, not what class or what um, sexual orientation or any other mechanism we could use to measure that. All right, Dr. Warren, we have to leave it there, but this is a series, so we're probably going to be, 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 be bringing you on again. Um, thank you so much for your insights. Uh, you speak, the one thing that he says that I find quite interesting is that when we speak about privilege, we tend to speak about inequality of wealth, right? Wealth inequality. But right. there's also inequality of poverty. Sure. Right? So look at, look, look at the average, let's say, poor white person and the average poor white. You don't see white people, poor white people having to move into the township. As poor as they might be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see white people queuing at the at the filling station so they can they can get a job there. Mm. Right? So as poor as I'd rather go I'd rather go and stand on the side of the street. Well, there's a difference between systematic poverty and and being poor, right? Uh, a system keeping you down, making sure that you continue to be poor and just being poor as an individual. Um, let's bring in people here. We've got a whole bunch of guests in studio from very different backgrounds. Um, 
There's Tracy Lomax. Tracy, you wrote a, a really interesting article in the Daily Maverick about an incident that happened to you this year, I believe, uh, or last year. No, it, it was about five years okay, ago. Okay, five years ago. Apologies. <coughs> um, and how that incident actually awakened, I suppose, a white privilege moment within you. Uh, we've got Bradley Shaw and we've got Roman Kavanagh, who are... Twitter followers of the show who have been quite loud in this this uh, in this story, and uh, and want wanted to be a part of the show, so just came into studio. I mean, it's kind of scary when you have white people coming into studio saying that we're Twitter for Twitter critics, and that you know I'm worried that we're going to have a shooting. Andrew Levy, if I feel safe, you have nothing to worry about. I feel safe in a room full of white people. You have nothing to worry about. It's true. All right, guys. So let's let's bring you all in, Tracy. Maybe let's start with you. Talk us through, uh, very briefly, the incident that happened and how it awakened this idea of white privilege to you. Okay, it, it was an armed robbery about five years ago, and I had to do a lot of unpacking um, following it because my reactions to the incident were what opened my eyes to the fact that I have white privilege. I think we're all aware of it. We just don't acknowledge it. And coming out of that... I My first thought, which I think is probably common to people, was I'm going to emigrate. And as a white person, I can do that. I can leave the country. I can go to another country. And I'll, I'll assimilate into that country. They speak my language. They recognize my skin color. I had the opportunity to do that. The, the black people who were involved in the robbery with me didn't. And it, it, it kind of led to an evolution of thinking for me where I started examining all of my reactions to just about every experience I had in this country. And I realized that just about every reaction we have is touched by privilege. And that's what taught me to start checking mine. And I just want to, want to come back to something Rory said about, about wealth. I think that's the biggest problem white people have is that they regard privilege as what, they, what they've acquired. It's what you're born with. And you can be born with privilege, whether you're born wealthy, whether you're born poor. It, it's something society gives you. It's not something you earn. And the minute you, you acknowledge that, you stop with this rubbish about, I mean, uh, there was a discussion the other day. Somebody said, oh, well, then give all your wealth to somebody. You can give everything you own away, but you can never give away your white privilege, ever. Hmm. Let's, let's get Roman in. Roman. If people are speaking about what, these white people who don't who, who who seem to embrace this idea of white privilege, it's getting boring, isn't it? Well, not boring as such. Um, <clears throat> believe it or not, I actually do believe it does exist. Okay. I don't think it is a, the biggest problem that we face as a country, and it's it's almost as if it's a type of original sin, but for atheists, it's you, you are born with it. Uh, Are you not born with it? Do you not have white privilege? I probably do. Probably? Probably. What do you mean probably? It's not something So I you're in doubt. You, you, so you're saying you're in doubt. You might have it, you might not. You're not sure. It's not something I question. So maybe that is a form of privilege. So let's 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 just so so you and a, you and a black guy, you guys are in the same you feel that you're in the same boat. You have no privilege in comparison to a black guy who's got maybe let's say similar education as you. Um, you you have no privilege whatsoever. No, no. My argument is that individuals are different. Mm. Uh, white privilege is, is a type of collectivization. I of, get of it. White so people. I just want to. So let's not go theoretical here. 
Do you believe that you are a beneficiary of privilege on the basis of the color of your skin? Yes or no? Probably. It, dep- uh, it depends. This is a good lawyer. This is a good lawyer. This sounds like yesterday's argument with Barry Rubin. Probably. 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 It, it, it depends what you classify white privilege as. Um, whenever I talk about it publicly, it is used as an ad hominem against my character, which I know is not the correct interpretation. I mean, mm. Tracy and I spoke beforehand about it, and I spoke to a friend last week whom I met on Twitter as well, and he actually gave me a very nice definition of it. And, and it, it, it does exist to an extent, but I don't think it is a, a massive issue. So Bradley, Bradley is also a Twitter follower who's come in, and Bradley, you just, before you've you gone do this, on, hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just bring people up to speed here, listeners. Yeah, These yeah. people have been critiquing us over the last couple of weeks and and bringing in their voice and saying that we are this bastard, this, 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 this. And I think you said it right out of the studio, which is to say we encourage debate. This is what we do not have in South Africa. So we've brought all the Twitter critics who wanted to come in to studio, into studio. Absolutely. Roman Kavanagh, Bradley Shaw, thank you for being brave enough to come in. Uh, now you can continue. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Master. Nah, thank you. Thank you, you Master. White privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bradley, you, you're a guy who, let's say, has, has, has been on a journey, and it's probably a recent journey. You've you started to acknowledge your white privilege and so on. Mm-hmm. So you hear Roman speaking, and he's saying probably and so on. H- how, do you, how do you feel about that? Is Roman, is Roman just uh, BSing us here? or? Yeah, listen, completely. I, I, sorry, Roman, I completely disagree with you. Um, firstly, just... To get back to to Andrew, you're the only bastard in the room right now, so um, I think I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, thank you. I'll take that. Um, but listen, sorry, Roman. To get back to you, I think that the the biggest problem in South Africa right now is the fact that we need to acknowledge that white privilege exists. But on that point, white privilege does not equal racism. You are not a racist because you suffer from the disease of white privilege. Um, it's just a matter of fact. It's a matter of kind of the reality that we live in here in South Africa. And for that matter, I don't think it's any different across the entire continent. I think white privilege is an issue across the whole of Africa. Um, Rory and Andrew know that I've been doing a lot of travel in Africa recently. Um, and it's it's not like South Africa is alone in the fact that there's white privilege here. It's it's not. Um I think politically the history that South Africa has has been different to a lot of African countries, um, but that white privilege exists. Um, Rory, to get back to your point about, and I think, Andrew, you mentioned, so did Dr. Warren, about kind of working hard. I think we all work hard to to what we kind of can do, um, but white privilege gives us a leg up to a point that our working hard is different to what a black South African's working hard gives them. Um, So it's kind of intergenerational and experiential white privilege that I think is part of this discussion that we need to bring in. For example, going to a five-star restaurant, um, experiencing um, weighted service or a kind of chauffeur-driven or flying in an airplane – a lot of those experiences, the average black South African 
has not had access to. And I think that is an important part of this discussion around white privilege and its experiential white privilege rather than purely economic, as you were saying, Rory. So, Bradley, we keep referencing these examples of, of, of wealth privilege, right? Mm. But, but I want us to also speak about, about the inequality of poverty as well, that even, even as a poor white person, you're still more privileged than a, than a, than a similarly poor uh, a black person. So you 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 didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You weren't raised with a silver spoon in your mouth, and so on. Why would you still embrace these sorts of things? You weren't you weren't born being flown around the world, and so on. Why do you then still embrace this idea of of, of white privilege? I, I also think it's got to do with the way our parents raised us. Um, my parent, my my father, for example, passed away in 2012. Um, he was part of the war in Angola. Um, didn't agree with the politics of the time. And kind of we had these discussions as a family um, that race kind of wasn't what it should have been and race discussions in South Africa shouldn't have been what they were. Um, but it takes opening your mind to kind of admit to the fact that you do benefit from white privilege, but then how do we overcome it? How do we engage with communities in South Africa um, around these topics? All right, we're speaking white privilege on cliffcentral.com, the Conza show. Obviously, always a little bit critical, always a little bit interesting, always a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, 0861555189 is the number to dial. We see there's quite a few callers coming through. Julia, we see you. Uh, we'll get to you in just a second. Uh, Tracy, I want to bring you in here. Why do you feel like people like Roman are so defensive and cannot admit white privilege? And Roman's not alone, and, and he just happens to be in studio here. Um, but, 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 why do you think that people are so defensive about this that they cannot get their head around it? Because they don't get it. They simply don't understand it. There's this, this ongoing, and it's the reason why wealth continues to be discussed even here. Because I, I disagree with Roman, uh, sorry, I've forgotten your name, with, and Bradley. I disagree with both of them. Because the, the, the narrative seems to be that white people can be more privileged or less privileged in their whiteness. Yes. And that's just not true. Privilege is intersectional. So white privilege is white privilege. The fact that one white person might be wealthy and one person might be poor is a factor of wealth, wealth privilege. Right. That doesn't That's diminish different. your white privilege at all. And, and this idea of, of it being on, on a spectrum is problematic for me. Because if you, if you look at it, um, the, the narrative about hard work, for instance, if, if all it took for hard work to create wealth, every black person in Africa would be wealthy because mm. I don't know of anyone who works harder than the miners at Madakana, for instance. It's not about hard work that creates wealth. It's access to opportunities. And that's what privilege is about. As a white person, you can access opportunities that are denied to people of color. Mm. As a male, you can access opportunities that are denied to women. And what what bothers me about about people denying privilege is what they're wanting to hold on to is not wealth. They're wanting to hold on to their monopoly on opportunity. And that is their fear. That's why we have this visceral reaction mm. to things like affirmative action. Because the fear is I'm now going to have to compete with people I've never had to compete against before. And and it's it's problematic because... In refusing to unpack it, they're responding from a, from a space of fear mm -hmm. and, a, and a space of, of, 
hatred is the wrong word, but it's, it's this visceral desire to retain what you have. And subconsciously they know it. Right. They do know it. Let's, uh, I'm very interested, Rory, in just understanding white people and I suppose black people's understanding in themselves, their experience of when they became aware of their white privilege. Um, and, you know, I can talk about my own story. It only happened a couple of years ago, ashamedly, that I realized that actually white privilege is a thing. I've been privileged my whole life, but that white privilege was a thing, like Tracy was speaking about. Uh, 0861555189 is the number to dial. We've got uh, Julia, jeez, this is long, Julia Claire Stewart Norrish on the line. <laughs> Julia, thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. When did you first okay. become aware of your white privilege? Hi, so Tracy, I'd like to say, um, Tracy, you're speaking the truth. Sister, you really know what's going on, and thank you Go for, sister. for sharing that. <laughs> um, I think what's been picked up on in the last kind of 10 minutes or so since I've been listening is really important, um, that there's a, a clear definition between wealth privilege and white privilege. Um, and so since I was really young, I, I became aware of my wealth privilege. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a super wealthy um, person, but... Um, you know, I, I have a nice house and I live in the southern suburbs and everything. And I I realized that from really young on when you could see people begging on the streets and that type of thing. But the moment where I realized that that was race-related and that just as a white person, for all wealthy, I had privilege, was at school. Um, a friend and I were kind of playing in the playground and we both tripped or I don't know what happened. We had to go to the secretary to get uh, plasters put on our scratches. Probably not very severe. And the plasters were beige. And that really bothered me because the plaster blended in with my skin and um, not with my friend's skin, who was a black girl. Um, and that's the moment where I kind of clicked that the world catered towards my skin color and not towards hers. And it doesn't matter what world package you're from, that, is, that for me still remains the epitome of white privilege. Like that is such a symbolic representation of how the world is catered and designed to make your life easier and more comfortable. Julia, why why is this a problem? So yeah, fine. That's that's the way the world is. Uh, mm. What does that have to do with me? What does it have to do with you? No, no, no <laughs> not, not, not with me, but with with, <laughs> with you as a white person. With I mean, me as a white you were born into it. You're born into it. Is it your fault? It's, uh, it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility to acknowledge that and to act every day and, and everything I do, take that into consideration. Why? Um, Why? <laughs> because if you're not, you're actively and violently oppressing others. Um, Come even on. If so that, that sounds a bit, that sounds a bit um, theoretical. So help, help a layman <laughs> like me understand. What, what does that mean? So I'm actively oppressing you by not... By not recognizing this thing called white privilege, how am I actively yeah. oppressing a, a black person? Um, I think the problem is that by not acknowledging your white privilege, you're again saying things like, or you, you tend to say things like, oh, well, I work hard, or I deserve this and that type of thing. Um, and I've been quite active on Facebook lately talking about white privilege, and I, I um, with a couple of friends from UCT, are doing, I'm going to do anti-racism privilege and whiteness workshops at high schools because I think you need to get people young. By saying things like hard work um, like leads to success and stuff, you are basically saying that 
you have your degree and you have everything in, in your life or whatever success you have purely because of hard work. And that's, that's discounting everyone else's hard work in this country. And that, I mean, that kind of constant discourse that is going around, that is telling black people, people of color, that they aren't working hard enough, that they aren't good enough, that everything they've done in their life is is not as good as what white people have done because look at the white people who are successful. Wow, and that, for me, is mentally violent. Wow, yeah. thanks, thanks, Julie. So uh, what you're actually saying is it's it's actually a mindset. This uh, white privilege is is a mindset issue, and once you once you start to alter your mindset, you alter the way you look at life, and then and then it changes things. I was having a, a, a discussion with somebody on Facebook the other day and saying to him, "Look, you you might deny that you've got white privilege, but you you're in a company where the majority of people in that company are white." In a country where eighty percent of the population is is black, so how how does that happen without some sort of privilege being accorded to white people? That you, just from population dynamics, you're supposed to be outnumbered, mm. right, by at least a factor of four. So th- so the chances of a black person getting hired into a company should be four times greater than those of a white person, and yet you've got companies that are just teeming with white people. How does that happen just by accident? It 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 just it it baffles, it boggles the mind. But let's get Komozontulu in here, uh, who's also on the line. The, the the lines are going crazy, so let's just get Komozontulu in here to just uh, share. We 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 see you, Komozo. Uh, all these white people speaking about white privilege. What right do they have, Komozo? You know, we woman. You know, it's it's very interesting. Hello to people in there. Um, it's interesting to hear the comments, but of course, the one comment that, uh, the, the view that I want to pick on is, um, Rowan. My man, Roman. you have some work to do. Ro- Roman, yeah. Good morning. You have some, you have some work to do, brother. Um, but just to say something around the narrative that he's following. You see, I think it's easy to say maybe or probably or things like those. Um, but there's something we need to appreciate that. That kind of narrative is probably reflective of a lack of an appreciation of the system that keeps him cushioned from a number of issues um, directly to the detriment of those like me. Um, and it's also a bit of a privilege to be able to engage with the issue like that. Um, I think Komozo, there were a number of... If I may yeah, ask, sorry. Uh, if I may ask. Yeah. Um, all right, the system... Say the system does favor me. Um, yes. All right, I, I can accept that, and I accept that the past system did, even though my family wasn't here. Yeah. But that's beside the point. Who's who controls that system? Who controls the system? Yeah, who, who's at fault for the system? Who controls okay. this the the social hierarchy? I I have had an, that conversation a number of times, and I think you're probably going to mention the government. All right. Are you not going to mention the government? Sorry, so I can't hear you. So you're saying the government? I'm saying, yes. Yeah, the government. Well, yeah, the, the, the state does to a large degree. But guys, so so look, I need to pull this. We only have an hour, and I just want to, irrespective of who controls it, the issue is: yeah. does it exist? No, absolutely. But, but does, does it exist? But the question whether it exists is premised on. If it does exist and we accept that it exists, so, but do you accept that it exists? Romans deflecting. To some degree, yes. No. <laughs> to you some degree, probably. Because you're taking the responsibility away from you. 
you you deciding that somebody else is is in control of the system, therefore you don't have to do anything about it. We must yeah. go That's and argument. fight this invisible person. What is wait, your argument? There's a black man on the floor. Can we let him finish saying what he has to say? Komoto, finish what you have to say. Talk about white privilege. Exactly. Komoto, finish what you have to say. I think um, Tracy mentioned something important about deflecting this. This is used a lot, Rorutan. Um, and once you have this conversation once or twice, you'll find that people start telling you that, no, but we're not in control of this. The yeah. black government took control of it um, a while back, so you guys should be dealing with it without an appreciation. Yeah. I just want to suggest one thing, noting the time. Um, Robert, my man, I think you would enjoy a um, uh, documentary or rather a talk by Tim Wise called White Privilege, Racism, White denial and the cost of inequality. That was, um, he's white, so you like it, most probably. <laughs> Let's give Roman a right of reply uh, Komoto, thank you very much for, for your comment We've got Jordan as well Who's calling in The lines are going crazy Who also wants to comment But just before Jordan speaks uh, A right of reply T- Ten seconds What do you have to say to this? Oh, I'll watch the document, documentary with pleasure Irrespective of who made it um, I just think it's important that if I accept white privilege exists and we all accept that it does, it's a power structure. How do we change the power structure? Yeah, but before we yep. get there, we have to admit that we it, this thing exists. Mm. Are you still on probably? I just want to understand. Are you still on probably, or are you, have you now? Are have you at a moved? point where you're have now you acknowledging that you you're, you're a beneficiary of white privilege? And I'm happy for you to say no, I'm not. Right? That, that's and fine. But, but probably is like no, the, no, no. The argument is not with I. No, have it, it is because we set we set the, we set the show up, and that's the argument. So what do you mean <laughs> the argument is not that? This is our show. What does and this guy with this guy walks privilege. in here and he says it's not the argument? Okay, can, can I ask a question? What do you lose by saying I have it? By saying I have white privilege. Yeah. Or no. do, do you lose anything? Yeah. No, not at all. What I'm just saying. So why are you holding on to that denial so strongly? I'm not denying I have it or don't have it. Okay, answered. There we go. Jordan, let's, Jordan let's, come, let's, come, come to Roman's yeah, uh, rescue. Let's hear from Jordan. Also, we've got Jonathan Witt, who's on WeChat. Uh, he's, uh, he's been quite vocal and he's in, Roman's, he's in Roman's corner. I feel like Roman needs someone in his corner. Uh, Jordan, hello. Good morning to you. Welcome. Hi, guys. A very interesting conversation. So, first of all, I'm not too sure whose corner I'm in, because <laughs> just a month ago, I had a huge argument with my entire family about white privilege. I think the problem is that, first of all, whites don't understand what white privilege is. Yeah. Okay. So, I understand what white privilege is, but my argument is, first of all, so what? So, I'm white and I have privilege. Okay. But going back to previous conversations, uh, where the lady said, why don't those poor whites move into the township? I don't think poor whites are welcome in the township. There's still a race divide that you cannot seem to cross over in this country. She also said that whites can immigrate. I can't immigrate. So blacks can immigrate. They can immigrate to Africa. So don't turn around and say that whites can immigrate and blacks what, can't. What do you mean, uh, what do you mean black is, people can immigrate to Africa and you can't? We well, are I, in Africa. I, that's the first no, no, point. No, no. But what, what? I can't. I can't immigrate. I can't just leave South Africa. And black I don't people have an can. No, they can immigrate to Africa. Why can't you? Can. We we are in Africa. Do, yeah. I just said, just as I can as well. But okay. To turn around and say that whites can immigrate, we can just leave. That is wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't lay. You can't lay that on a white person. Oh, you can immigrate. You could immigrate. Maybe we would. But you can't just turn around and say, oh, all whites can immigrate. 
that I, that is a falsehood, and I think it's unfair to to lay that on white. But well. that's not what I said. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's let her finish. <laughs> go okay, ahead, co- other, go ahead, Jordan. Um, my two oldest sons, they are worried about going into work. They so when you talk, and now this is very specific to South Africa, not not to the rest of the world. I do believe that BEA, BEE has taken away a lot of that white so-called privilege. When my sons are thinking, well, I want to leave because I'm not going to get a job. The other, the other thing is um, our government continues to use race. How do they expect white to cross over and to see that they have white privilege if they continue to shove race down our face? Jordan. And the, the other thing as well about where the whole thing is, oh, well, blacks can't be racist. When they do say racist things to us, it also makes it difficult for... So, Jordan, I, I have to interrupt you on, on a number of different levels. Um, firstly, you can't be black and racist. You can be racially prejudiced. Racism... Uh, let's not get into that one. Well, just hold on, just hold on. Racism is about a continuing, continuing oppression of one against the other. That's over hundreds and hundreds of years. What I would suggest, though, because you're right, Rory, this show is about white uh, privilege and finding out what it is and accepting it. Jordan, we did a show on BEE about three weeks ago. Go to the Konza show, check it out, and then come back to us. I'd love to hear your thoughts about BEE and the existence of it and what it means. Just wait. Where, where, Jordan, where are you? Are you in Joburg or are you in... Where, where, where? Or the rest yeah, of the I'm rest of South Africa. Wait, are you in Joburg? I'm interested. Fantastic. So this is a series. I think we should get Jordan into studio as well to come and uh, to come and share more on this. You're more than welcome, Jordan. You know where we are. We'll give you those details. Jordan, Thank you so much us, for joining us. Send us your details so we can we can invite you in on the series. We're running out of time, but I think it's important. So so Andrew, we did this whole questionnaire, right? On this white privilege questionnaire, which is a, a list of questions that we, that we 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 asked a number of people to ask themselves, and then from there we will figure out how far along the this privilege line you are. Because the issue is not so much about white privilege; it's also just privilege, right? Mm. And let's let's, let's Let's first figure out. So we asked a number of people around studio and so on to do it. I'm going to read the questions very quickly. You give yourself a one if if this applies to you. If it doesn't, you just give yourself a zero. And then we're going to compare scores quickly, right? So this is checking out your privilege. Let's not rush through it. Let's just make sure everyone understands. So we are doing a a questionnaire on your privilege just to see where you sit on this table. And and be honest with yourself. Uh, I think that's that's the truth. That's the only thing you need is is honesty here. Yeah, we've Um, got some people in studio as well. Gareth Gareth has filled his in. We'll his score uh, Mabale wow, Mabale <laughs> has filled one in the people in studio have filled one in let's let's just see let's just go down All right, quickly hit us, so, hit us. students in my high school looked mostly like me so we're assuming here that if you went to a black school you you had black friends uh, or most of the people looked like you too so let's say one right for for that for me uh, most of my teachers look like people of my race so give yourself a one if that that's true I can make mistakes and not have people attribute my behavior to flaws in my racial group. So that's you know? like saying, oh, he's late because he's black. Yeah, so okay. things like that. Cool. I can achieve or excel without being called a credit to my race. Oh, my goodness. You, you, you speak, speak so, so well. well. Oh, you yeah, do yeah, speak yeah. so well. I that's do, exactly don't I? I? Oh, you really that's do speak a, well for a black that's person. That's excellent. Well done. Well done. Uh, I can look at the mainstream media and find people of my race represented fairly and widely in a range of roles. This is an interesting one because this talks to childhood where when I used to go watch Disney films all those years ago, uh, besides 
the Lion King, all the actors and princesses were white. They only gave us Pocahontas. They still are. <laughs> they, they only gave us Pocahontas. Can you believe it? I can go shopping and be assured most of the time that I will not be followed or harassed. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if I go to a business and ask to speak to the person in charge, I'll be speaking to someone of my race. A range of stories by and about people from my racial group are widely available in media. Stories in the mainstream media about people from my racial group are mostly told by people from my racial group. I can go anywhere in the country and easily find the kind of hair products I want and or the cosmetics that match my skin color. Mm. I can take a job with an employer who believes in affirmative action without people thinking I got my job because of my race. I have attained a higher degree of education than my parents. I had to travel more than an hour in terms of distance to get to school. Uh, that's primary school, high school. I have, I've, I've had a maid or a gardener who was a person of color growing up. Uh, generally, my name is not shortened so that those of other race groups can pronounce it. Raw. Yeah, like raw, Rory. My name's not Rory, right? <laughs> Actually. Uh, my native language is English or Afrikaans. Uh, I was educated in my first language. I have to support members of my immediate family financially. Um, and I did not grow up in a township. And my parents were not forbidden by law to pursue a career of their choice. Right, so all of those questions, tally them up, and then let's look at what your privilege score is. Let's let's just go around the table quickly. Tracy, what 18. did you get? 18. You got 18. By the way, how many questions are those? Just 20. help me. So 18 out of 20. Bradley? 17. You got 17? 17. 17. Yeah, I'm, I'm did there. did you get, Andrew? I didn't, to be honest, I didn't do it. But I'm sure I'm in the 18 to 20 mark. So I, so I got about, so I got about six. Mabale, please approach the mic and tell us what you got. Uh, Gareth Cliff, by the way, also got 17. Let's, let's get Andy in here. Andy, you got something to say? Hi, hi, how you doing? Good, <coughs> good. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh stories of first coming to know about privilege. Um, yeah. Go for it, Willis. Uh, well, I mean, so I guess for me, it was never so much as a case of, uh, like a, a, a definitive moment or a singular story. Um, but I, I guess, I guess I came from always a, a pretty progressive family and background, but, um, none of that really ever taught me about white privilege per se. Um, I guess that sort of came to me, um, through the internet and through online spaces, which sort of outstripped anything that I could have really got from conversations with my family, my friends, um, from school, from university. None of it really had that same kind of literature and discourse. And I think that the discourse that's been online and exists online is, uh, is a magnificent tool for people, why people wanting to find out about privilege and figure out what it is. And then obviously taking what you learn from that and, 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 and taking those tools and those resources and discussing them with people that you know and uh, coming to you know, a personal understanding of what that means for you, for your life, um, and so on. Fantastic. Andy, thanks. We're going to have to cut it off there, bro, but we've got, we've got, we, we obviously have this series, so please keep tuned in and uh, join us for, for the next show. We really want to get these views in. Uh, we have to close off. Tracy, very quickly, I just want to get a sense from you 
are you guys just uh, apologizing for being white? Because that, you know, someone might say, geez, all these people are just apologizing for being white. Uh, you heard the callers, you heard Jordan, you know, all the things that she was saying. And, and look, we, we might, we might uh, disagree with her and so on, but let me, that's how she is feeling. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys apologizing for being white? No, I, I don't think it's about an apology for the color of your skin. It's about an acknowledgement that there's been a systemic distortion of access to opportunities due to skin color and trying not to propagate the feeling that that instills in black people. Um, the caller who said that, that changing the narrative is so important, not, not you know, that, that kind of violent oppression referred to because of the way you talk about privilege, the way you talk about race, it's important because the minute you start acknowledging your privilege, you start checking it all the time. And that's the only real way we can change it because I, I, I disagree with Roman. It's not something that comes from without. It's something that a society holds up. And the minute you, you check your privilege, you stop propping it up and the buck stops with you. It's not about an apology. It's about stopping that narrative. Okay. Bradley, you've been in the middle of this conversation quite literally. Um, your your thoughts have they have they altered? Have they changed? Have you have you, you know, you've listened to the show for quite a quite a while now. Do you feel that your white privilege is becoming something that you are actively making changes about in your life? Yes, absolutely. I think I think acknowledgement is key. Um, I I don't think it's an apology. I'm not apologizing for the fa- apologizing for the fact that I'm white. It's the way I was born. There's nothing I can do to change it. Um, but acknowledging that white privilege exists is important. And then just to get on another hobby horse, which is a kind of discussion that I had on Twitter because of this show a couple of weeks ago, is the fact that I am proudly African. I am an African. I was born here. No, you see, um, this guy's bringing his own thing. All right, we, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Bradley, thank you. So, so Roman, quick 10 seconds. How are you feeling, man? Oh, perfect. Thank you. Mm, so you, you, are we still on probably? All I'm going to say mm. is that privilege is... A symptom of power mm. And without understanding that power That gives privilege It's privilege so to speak You're treating the, the symptom and not the cause Fantastic so that's actually a good That's, that's a good place to leave it uh, Andrew because the rest, of, the rest of The shows today we were just Unpacking this thing called white privilege The rest of the shows we're going to be discussing um, You know White privilege must fall What does that look like If white privilege had to fall What would it look like Does it mean all of you guys Moving into the townships We're going to speak about White privilege as a force for good Can it be a force for good Um, And what does that look like In and amongst this We're going to be discussing A range of question marks Around this Including black privilege People love black privilege Uh, People love black privilege White white poverty And what that means For white privilege Uh, White guilt We're going to speak about The black tax So this series is really Going to unpack all of it Andrew how are you feeling? By the way, I need to point out, Gareth Cliff's privilege score is 17. Most of the people in studio are around 17, 18, 19. Myself, I got a score of 6. Mabale got a score of 5. Andrew, where are we on this? I think uh, it, it's an exciting space. I mean, we've got, to, we've got to understand what white privilege is first. We've got to acknowledge that it exists. And then we can start unpacking what to do with it. As, as white people, you know, I think that's the problem at the moment. Not enough white people are speaking to other white people going, hey, dude, like, we've actually got a problem here we need to deal with. 
I mean, we, we've got huge issues in South Africa and no one wants to talk about them. No one wants to get together and say, hey, how do we make it better? How do we make everyone's life better in South Africa? Mm. And white privilege, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the first problems that we need to deal with. Yeah, so stop denying, diminishing or deflecting this issue. Start dealing with it. And that's and we deal with it at the Konza Show. <laughs> <laughs> For the podcast, www.cliffcentral.com slash Konza Show. This is a series. Look out for next week. We answer your questions on white privilege. Have a great day. This is Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.